University Baptist Church is a faith community striving to think critically, live creatively, and love continually in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We gather on Sunday mornings at 5775 Highland Road between Lee Drive and Kenilworth Parkland. Visit ubc-br.org or at ubcbr on Facebook for more information. So you've probably heard it said that youth is wasted on the young. I don't know whether the younger, when I've taken for granted my youthful energy and vitality, trading the joy of youth, on the one hand, for an envy of wisdom and age. But I think that if they say youth is wasted on the young, you think it might also be true sometimes that wisdom is wasted on the old? As you've aged through life, have you found yourself wishing that you were younger? Trading your time-tested and well-earned wisdom for an envy of the young? Or, again, perhaps some of you, I'm speaking mostly to the front row here, have you ever wished you were a little bit older? Maybe had a little more freedom from parents or authority figures? Some of the parents are nodding vigorously. Yeah. (laughs) I don't remember exactly when I got my first gray hair, but I do know that it's spreading rapidly. And it's a reminder that life can pass by quickly. If you aren't careful, you can miss it. And in some ways, even at my own still relatively youthful age, I look back and I see how, how much I probably wasted when I was younger, even if it was simply because I didn't know what I had at the time. For instance, we're coming up on Halloween in a few weeks. I really don't remember when I stopped trick-or-treating. I'm guessing, though, that there was one year where I went out in my costume door-to-door and searched for candy. And then by the next year felt that I had outgrown all of that nonsense. And it was probably true. Yet those transitions from childhood to adolescence to adulthood sometimes can go... We can wish our lives away, fantasizing being about anywhere other than where we actually are. I think in some ways this is what the teacher in Ecclesiastes is wrestling with in our text today. We've been in Ecclesiastes for a few weeks, and I just want to say at the outset that if you don't understand Ecclesiastes, you are in good company. It's a tough book. Today, though, we're looking at chapter 11, verses 7 through 10. Before we hear the verses, just a reminder of what we're looking at. Ecclesiastes is full of challenges. Some pessimism, maybe a dash of irreverence, and it raises a whole lot of questions. The teacher isn't always the most encouraging, as he laments the struggles of life and often repeats this well-known phrase, pointless, everything is pointless. It seems a little bleak, doesn't it? You may also be aware, though, that this Hebrew word, hevel, Sometimes that we translate pointless or vanity or absurd 
can also be translated a number of different ways, such as breath or mist, giving the impression that whatever the teacher is referring to isn't necessarily pointless, but simply unattainable, like trying to catch the wind. Either way, though, it's not always the most inspiring sentiment. And sometimes, in the most confusing way, this refrain about things being pointless comes literally one sentence after a declaration about how joyful and hopeful life can be. It's just a book full of contradictions. Today's verses, though. While contradictory on the surface, I think might be a good way to talk about balance and perspective and how we can find joy in every stage of life. It may be that for this section of Ecclesiastes, instead of contradictions, we might hear a challenge for the relatively young and a challenge for the more seasoned. And I'll leave you to place yourself in one of those categories. Though it might be that we all experience both of those all throughout life. So, having said that, hear these words from Ecclesiastes. It's for the eyes to see the sun. Even those who live many years should take pleasure in them all. But they should be mindful. It's okay to laugh at that a little bit. It's weird. Rejoice, young person, while you are young. Your heart should make you happy in your prime. Follow your heart's inclinations in whatever you see. But know this, God will call you to account for all of these things. Removing life are pointless too. We just have to acknowledge that this is a strange book. But before we despair at the pointlessness of all of it, I think the way that we read the book matters. The more I read and study Ecclesiastes, the more I hear not an angry and bitter man, which kind of seems like it sometimes, but more a wise sage, maybe a little irreverent, but if only because he's stopped taking life so seriously. And so maybe let's try to read it with a bit of levity, a bit of a chuckle in our spirits. I think some of it is the way that it was intended to be read. And if I might be so bold as to add a little bit of, it's good to see the sunrise every day. Enjoy every single one of them. I guess there's some dark days too, though. Now what am I saying? Everything's pointless anyway. Waking up each morning and seeing the sunrise yet another time is a gift that we should enjoy, but there's some tough times too. Well, he goes on, young person, rejoice while you're young. You should be happy and follow all the desires of your heart, whatever you wish. I certainly wish I still could. But know that there will come a time when God will call you to account for all of these adventures and revelries. So you might as well let go of your anxiety, rid yourself of pain, because none of it's going to last anymore. Now, I imagine him saying this, and this is why it strikes me as funny. Maybe it's just me. I imagine him saying this to some young student, and then after almost scaring this young kid half to death with how life is going to turn out, 
A smile comes across his face. He gives a good belly laugh, a pat on the back, and then wanders off into the distance to leave the kid to figure out what in the world just happened. Here's a fun bit of lighthearted trivia, though. The teacher says that youth and the dawn of life are pointless, and that sounds pretty heavy. But the phrase dawn of life, this happens all the time in Hebrew. It can also just mean dark or black, like the early dawn. And sometimes, in ancient Hebrew, was used as a way to talk about youth, dark hair, as in not gray hair. Okay, if you didn't catch it, he just wants his dark hair back, y'all. Apparently, humans have been lamenting going gray since the dawn of time. I guess it's true when he says that there's nothing new under the sun. But the teacher seems caught in this paralyzing struggle between the extremes of youth and old age, birth and death. And even this sage doesn't seem to have easy answers. Again, the entirety of the book of Ecclesiastes is a quest to find meaning in the midst of a seemingly absurd and meaningless existence. And here, the question is, would it be better to be young and spry and full of energy or older and wiser, more grounded and a bit more measured? I'm not sure he really gives us an answer. But what he does help us to do, I think, is reflect on our own lives, God's presence in those lives, and on our own assumptions about our purpose and our meaning. So think about your life for a moment. If you are young or consider yourself to be in the earlier stages of life, do you ever wish you were further along? Again, I'm thinking specifically of the teenagers in the room. Do you look forward to being an adult? Being older, having more freedom? It's understandable. And any of us who were once teenagers would probably tell you we experienced the same thing. But any of us who were teenagers would also tell you that you'll reach a point when you will miss certain parts of being a teenager. The teacher says, rejoice, young person, while you're young. Your heart should make you happy in your prime. There is so much to be grateful for in your youth. Energy and liveliness. So many things are new, and you get to experience them for the first time. It's such a gift. But your younger years can also be confusing and painful. So you try to figure out your identity and how you fit in the world. Again, as the teacher says, there are good times and there are bad times. But if you're a bit older and wiser, again, I'll let you put yourself into that category. Is it difficult sometimes to find purpose and meaning? Like the teacher, when maybe you can't do all of the things that you used to do. It may be that you are recently retired or maybe approaching the end of life. 
or maybe simply have just sent a teenager off to college and are looking for new meaning as an empty nester. The teacher alerts us to the common experience of looking back on life with envy, maybe regret, maybe a longing for what once was. In the first verse of the next chapter, chapter 12, he says this, Remember your creator in the days of your youth. Remember that God was present in your youth and with you. Before the days of trouble come and the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them at all. Again, that sounds bleak, right? Don't take for granted the youth that you have because one day you'll lose it and life will be full of strife. Well, I wouldn't want to get older either. That doesn't sound too encouraging. Are all of us just stuck with living life as if the grass is greener on the other side? Always longing for either a younger age in the past or a wiser time in the future? I'll give you a hint. I don't think so. There were some folks that did a little bit of anecdotal research into sort of this question. And there's a video that we'll watch here in a second if we get it queued up that might give us a good picture of this. The worst problem here is that everybody thinks we're here to be looked after. We're here to die. I hear little voices. Frightening, isn't it? Hello. Hello, little ones. What's your name? Ty Wai. No, Ty Wai. Ty No, Ty I would expect that we could see some benefits on mood, on mobility, and on a general assessment of someone's health. Squeeze it as tight as you can. Go, 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 squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. I have depression feelings from time to time. I can feel very low, very low at times. Have you got a grandma? She's not as old as you. I would love to see the older generation improve in their mobility and balance. Just by having children around, people will feel the need to participate and be up and about. I don't walk anywhere without the walker. Here's how you do it. Oh, God, my back. <laughs> there will be great benefits for both of us. A joyful existence in old age is attainable. I thought I'm not good with little people, but I'm enjoying every bit of it. I've fallen in love with these children immediately.
think I've watched that about six times, and it gets me every time. Now, that video depicts two of the more extreme ends of life, but I hope you could find yourself in there somewhere. And what I find so beautiful about this story is the transformation that seems to take place when these two groups from vastly different generations are joined together. See, one might think that these senior adults, or any who are in their shoes or their similar situation, might become discouraged to see younger people and be faced with what they used to have and don't anymore. Feeling that the grass is a little bit greener on the younger side of life. But that never really happens, does it? Instead, what happens is they take on the youthful, joyful, playful spirit of these kids. They're reminded that they actually still have it in them. Same thing in the opposite direction. Even if they didn't recognize it yet. You might find if you're a teenager that you realize you have some wisdom in you too that you don't know yet. Folks who are a little bit further along can help you see it. I wonder if you think you can think of someone in your life who has taught you a lesson like this. Maybe a grandparent or a grandchild. Maybe it's your parents or your children. It seems to me that part of the answer, at least, to this question that the teacher is wrestling with, to our struggle for meaning and purpose and joy throughout all of life, is to struggle with one another, especially those who are maybe a little older or younger than we are. Again, how much joy and enthusiasm we gain from spending time laughing and playing with young children. How much groundedness and wisdom and perspective we gain from spending time with our elders, those who've traveled these roads of life already. Now, I promise you that this whole sermon this morning was not an advertisement for this, but I have to offer a shameless plug with young children and maybe a little bit broader outside of those categories, too. We'll have to see how it goes. And we provide opportunities for you to connect with one other person from a different generation for exactly that, to find wisdom and perspective, youth and energy, and to learn from one another, to experience true community together. And so for all of October, kind of roll out some programs and ways to connect. Imagine what you could gain, whether, whether you do the Barnabas Project or not. Let me be clear. Imagine what you could gain from getting to know someone from another generation, from experiencing God's presence in someone that is not like you. Or on the flip side, imagine what you could give in that kind of relationship. At the very least, you might be reminded that there is wonderful, fruitful, and joyful life to be experienced all throughout life. 
Now, these reflections today probably haven't given us any answers for how to find meaning and joy in life. So if you were expecting that, I'm sorry. I'm going to blame that, by the way, on the teacher in Ecclesiastes. Because I don't know that you might see God in whatever stage of life we're in. To ask good questions, to focus our attention on where we are now. Take heart that there is deep joy to be found in life with God, wherever you are. It might just require some reflection and some pondering from time to time. A bit of searching for where God is now rather than in your life in the past or your life in the future or in someone else's life. At the end of the day, and by the end of the book, this is what the teacher says. Doesn't really have much of an answer other than worship God and keep God's commandments. I don't know what that looks like for you exactly. Each of us might be a little bit different. But perhaps sometimes it simply requires pausing, taking a breath, seeing our lives as they are now for all the goodness God has given us. Even if it doesn't always make sense. Amen.